No, okay, never mind. Um, flip <laughs> for real. <laughs> and on that note, welcome to Geeks with Kids, your bi-weekly geeky podcast from a parenting point of view. Yes, I said it right it. this time. Yeah. I did it. Woo-hoo. Yay! I'm one of your hosts, Steve. And along for the show, we have Matt. Hello. Hawk. Hey, gang. And Eric. Howdy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So, uh, this is a follow-up, a long... Uh, well, I've been waiting for this one. Uh, a long-awaited uh, follow-up to an episode we did previously. Uh, go check it out. Uh, best video game movies. So, of course, we had to do a worst video game movies. <laughs> so, um, we all went out and uh, and uh, found uh, games that um, we loved and then were destroyed by films. So, um, I already forget. Uh, how are we going to do this? Eric. Yes, that's right. We were going to start Hi. with you. Hi. All right. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to uh, each uh, talk about a video game movie. And uh, we're going to start by just giving a brief description of the video game for those who might not be as familiar with it. Uh, maybe talk about, you know, why that game uh, was important to us. And then we're going to talk about the movie that was made based and sometimes maybe not so much based on that movie and uh, really how far off the market was. And uh, that's kind of... Uh, what we're going to do. Cause I think we're all going to have comments. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Yes. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's start with you, Eric. Uh, which show uh, video game did you choose? So I chose double dragon. Uh, the video game came out in 1987 as an arcade sort of side scrolling beat up game, but it really got its heels after it, uh, joined the Nintendo entertainment system in 1988. That's mm-hmm. also when the main protagonist got the name of Billy and Jimmy Lee. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, before um, when they were in the arcade, they didn't, they weren't actually named, but they were just that blue and red guy. Right. Um, the other notable people in that game was the boss, a Bobo. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. They didn't really name the bad guy, or at least I don't remember the bad guy from the first game, but it wasn't really anything. They took yeah, it wasn't girl- relevant. They, yeah. they took a girlfriend and then, you know, yep. they, um, they went over to to save her. Um, yeah, very true to life plot, really. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's really how life is, you know, for guys. Exactly, exactly. Uh, your girlfriend gets stolen by ninjas and you have to walk, you know, left to right down the street uh, and people yeah. come at you with sticks and barrels and whips. Sometimes yeah, and, they jump and, off screen and then, you know, yeah. yeah. And you have to flip barrels to eat like, you know, sandwiches and roast beef from yeah. underneath, uh, underneath garbage. Oh, Sounds man, like a yeah. protein. It's I don't know the number of times I've flipped a garbage can for random roast beef when I'm feeling really low. <laughs> well, you know, we don't kill it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, um, this game was sort of, uh, I don't know about you guys, but there weren't many games on the NES when I was a yeah. kid. Yeah. We didn't get one, and when one was really fun and had the really good music, yeah. you sort of stuck with it, and that's sort of what Double Dragon was um, for me as a kid. Sure, uh, I sort I of followed, I followed it as I got older, but as I grew older, I got worse at the game for some reason. Sure, <laughs> yeah, no, I I think that was the thing about that game. It was so simple, but it was so satisfying, right? I mean, like because yeah. you could like you could like throw like things at people, and the way they went down, it was just you know it, it just worked. You know, I and, remember jump kicking. You're like, oh yeah, you oh, can jump yes. and kick yeah. at the same time. But you had to unlock it because it wasn't just an open thing. You had to like fight enough things to level up. I think it was one of the first ones that actually kind of incorporated the leveling system for characters. I don't remember that. 
No, I'm not sure if that was in that. It was, maybe, it was, maybe it's a later one. It was in the NES port. They, in the arcade originally you just had all the fighting moves. When they ported it to the NES, you had to like get to certain points in the game for you can unlock like an uppercut and the headbutt and the the jump. I think the jump kick you might have had from the beginning, but most of the other like cooler moves you had to wait for. Hmm. Like I'm gonna Mega, play this again. It's like a Mega Man mechanic. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, so because of the popularity of this uh, game, it became a franchise. There was a lot more um, video games that came after. And ones that stick out include the Super Nintendo one, the Super Double Dragon. Mm-hmm. So that, though, it was fun. Yeah. Anyway, in 1994, they decided to make a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how many years later is that? So, um, six. Six know. years. Like, uh, four, five, six. Yeah, six years. Yeah. 88 to 94. Sure. <laughs> so this movie came out, you know, it, video game <laughs> movies weren't really a thing. They had Super Mario Brothers that came out a little bit before. Uh, and then Mortal Kombat came directly right after this movie. Both. I can't believe we're not talking about Mario Brothers. So but anyway. The, the sweet spot. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> right in the middle. This movie <laughs> was directed by James Yukich, who, I don't oh. know, and yeah. he, it starred Robert Patrick as Koga Shuko, which is fairly uh, racist now. Um, what, what, the bleach blonde hair totally went with the character name. He actually adopted the name in the movie if you watch it. Unfortunately, yeah. I watched it again this week. Um, but uh, the Lee brothers were played by Mark DeCascos and Scott Wolf. So Scott Wolf is from Party of Five, and Mark yep. DeCascos is like this amazing martial artist who is the Iron Chef. He was also in. In, uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf, and he was recently in John Wick Three yes. as the main protagonist. Um, wow. so antagonist, cool. yeah, you know, antagonist. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, um, yeah. They also had Marion. Marion was the girl who got kidnapped in the video game, mm-hmm. and she's played in the movie by Alyssa Milano. Wow. <laughs> wow. This movie's amazing. Yeah. If you oh, haven't wow. seen it, you have to check it oh, out. Oh my god, I'm gonna watch it tonight. There's oh. another there's another cast member that I'll talk about later. But this movie also had a, like incredible like cameos, like Vanna White's in it. Yeah. Like, oh my all god. these other people are in it. I'm just yeah. like, okay. yeah, Pen Pen Gillette's in it, right? Is he? Uh, I, I don't know. I can't remember who he is. Yeah, I'm not he sure. Totally would be. I'm going yeah. to look it up. Keep going. Keep going. Andy yeah. Dick is in it for sure because he was the. Oh, yes, that's God. right. Yeah. That's and, right. Um, I can't remember who the main guy, who the weather man was. That's who I'm trying to remember. Uh, Andy King, or Andy Dick was the the weather man. Uh, George Hamilton was the. George angry. Hamilton. Oh, uh, okay, okay. No. Random cast. Yeah. Um, Anywho, <laughs> so this movie takes place in a post-earthquake um, Los Angeles. So the giant earthquakes have been rocking the world. The and, world, yeah. Yeah, so sort of everything was sort of uh, ruined because of it. So instead of Los Angeles, it's New Angeles now. And actually when they were doing the, the weather, they were talking about like La Canada and all these other random places. It was like, uh, uh. <laughs> no, no, but wait. Do you remember what year it took place in? Oh, yes. Obviously, in the post-apocalyptic world of 2007. <laughs> <laughs> you should see New, An- New uh, Angeles. Uh, sorry, it, what's it called? New, this- New Angeles. You're right. Yes, yes, yes. In oh, God, 2007. <laughs> now, may I ask wow. Can I ask a question about setting in that? Does any yeah. of the setting actually have anything to do with any sort of mythology connected to the game? No, no. So Double Dragon takes place in New York City, um, and it's about <laughs> gangs. Yes, yeah. but and there are gangs in the movie, but and wow. they're, they're bosses, I guess. So not really nothing. No. The, okay. The Ooh. basic premise of the 
movie was that these two brothers inherit this medallion. It's it's half of one complete one. So there's two. It's like a yin yang thing where there's one dragon on one side and dragon is on the other side. One controls like the spirit and the other one controls like power. So you know, <laughs> obviously. Um, the bad guy, Koga Shuko, uh, Robert Patrick, the T-1000, um, has the half with the spirit so he can become flat and like take over people. And it's really bad computer graphics for the time. It's incredibly bad now. And <laughs> Oh my yeah. God, this movie like blows my brain. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> so what they end up doing is that um, the brothers, um, because their mentor dies, they inherit one of the, the power one, but they don't know how to unlock it. They do it later by, I don't know, their spirit becomes blah, blah, blah. blah friendship, yeah. Yeah, friendship and family. Yeah. So that, yeah. that unlocks it, and they end up getting the second half and defeating the bad guy. But there is, there's, there's so much. There's different games. Oh, there's so much. There's like, there's like clowns, and then there are the punk ones, and then there's ones that look like a 90s dance crew, which is the power core, which yeah. is... Oh yeah, the power core. Yeah. <laughs> by Alyssa Milano. And it's all the nineties clothing that you were like, oh the baggy and the bright colors. And you're uh-huh. like, oh my God, this it, yeah. this movie is a designer's worst nightmare. <laughs> now, and you're just like, oh my God, why was this popular? Like it, realistically, and I hate saying this, the best way to describe this, this movie is what happens when they try to take the double dragon concept and put it on the Warriors movie. Yeah, that's that's fair yeah. in yeah. some respects. But then there's also this weird, like I don't know, almost like global warming, post-apocalyptic layer added on top of that. Yeah, but it's so like so thin that yeah. it's so thin on it. Like, but there are some really neat, like the the the, the ecological message. There, there's actually a like a phone booth thing where people are breathing in air, mm-hmm. and like there's another guy sitting there, like stop hogging all the air. I'm like, oh, that's sort of. Yeah. It makes like it, it makes but you it, think. I, I guess, but it's got nothing to do with Double Dragon. I mean, that's no, what no, I was going to no, say. No, Double no, Dragon yeah. had such a I thin found plot. This is a very common theme in these movies. I'll be talking yes. about it later in mind and that, but there's always you know a need to put like a social, you know, current social. Layer. Well, that was the time. I guess it was the '90s. So, oh no, this, this yeah. is like something that has continued on. In that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What was that thing that they had like air pumps or something at some point in the movie? I feel like no. there was like something they had to maintain. Like so, in the fight, though, <laughs> this is what you're thinking about. It's the first fight where you meet the brothers. Right. It's actually a piston underneath this building, so right. keeping it afloat so that the, if there's any aftershock, <laughs> the the ceiling won't come down or anything like that. Mm-hmm. What's incredible about a martial arts movie that has half of the brothers, like the main brothers, as martial artists, is that. I don't know. They made Scott Wolf like a goofy one, so he didn't have to fight as good. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's so bad, and you can tell how bad the the fight choreography is, and how much they're like, okay, so he's gonna goof around a bit, but we're gonna watch Mark DeCasco do some awesome flips and stuff. Right, and back right. Back to the goofiness, and then back to the amazingness, and you're yeah. just like, oh, poor guy. It's the same with Robert Patrick too, right? Because he couldn't actually do any fighting, so they had to give him these weird magic powers. Meanwhile, he had like yeah. his like token like pair of, of Asian minions, right? Who are like yeah. both from Big Trouble in Little China. Al Leong, my favorite. Yeah, I was going to say Asian, Al Leong. <laughs> yeah. Oh. For, for those who don't know, Al Leong. Yeah, Al Leong. Not only amazing, but he was in Bill and Ted as Genghis Khan. <laughs> so, like, can you not? It's so amazing. This, he's, but the, this 
Sorry, sorry. He's the token Asian baddie uh, minion in every movie. Like he's, yeah. he, you know, the guy who grabs the chocolate bar and die hard. Yeah, yeah he's that yeah. guy. He's yeah. in every movie. Anyway, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt the, you here. Go the ahead. The other one was Jeff Amato, who's also one of those amazing martial artists. You're like, oh man, this poor guy. They were called Huey and Lewis. And obviously, <laughs> had to make a joke about Good Huey Lord. and Lewis in the news, right? Hey, yeah. Huey, hey, Lewis, what's the what's news? The news? Like, oh. oh. But so we're speaking about uh, bad lines. There's um, the two female leads. There's Alyssa Milano, and then Christina Wagner played Linda Lash, which was sort of the the lackey of Kogashuko. Right. Christina Wagner was on General Hospital. Alyssa Milano was on Who's the Boss. So <laughs> at one point, Christina Wagner goes to Alyssa Milano and says, "Who's the boss now?" And then later on, when she beats uh, Christina Wagner in a fight, Alyssa Milano is like. You're lucky I didn't put you in a hospital. Oh, like, oh, wow. yes. oh it's painful. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So um, let's see. Is there any redeeming quality of this? No. No. It's like <laughs> it's, it's colorful. Like, it's colorful, but it's like, you know, if an old person was looking at what was popular in the nineties, like from the nineties point point of view, like it was a sixty year old man, and they're like, Okay, this is popular in the media. Like, look at all those colors and poofy clothes and hats and stuff. Let's make that into a movie. That was this movie. At that point in the 90s was totally the opposite of that. It was like the high point of grunge was 94. I, it, it, this is not, this is like, this is Hollywood's, this is like yeah, weird. Music Factory, uh, the music video. Also, the music is horrible in this. Yeah. What was yeah. horrible in this. Yeah. Like it's, it's just a bad movie. Yeah, yeah, so it was, it was taking everything like it was taking the fashion of the '90s, but then being like, "What's this going to be like in 2007?" Because fashion <laughs> will never change. It doesn't. It doesn't even look like they updated it at all. They just no. took everything off the rack at Tommy Hilfiger or whatever was popular then and just yeah. put it on people. Oh. Man, uh, so movie, yeah, you're yeah. right. It, it was George Hamilton. I, I was thinking of Penn Gillette in a bunch of other movies where he does these weird, like, shouty sort of things. Because I, I just remember a lot of shouting in Double Dragon. But also, yeah. uh, Vanna White was in this movie as an anchor. Yeah, yeah we, we said that. <laughs> oh, he did? Okay. Yeah, cool so, yeah. I was, I was um, too busy looking up stuff. Yeah, so, that's okay. Um, so this movie amazing. was not critically acclaimed. It was uh-huh. not liked at the time it um it has I, I don't think it was seen at the time no it, it, it was seen because i remember going to see this in theaters oh you poor i was a kid wow. i thought it was stupid then sure <laughs> i was 13 um this movie has a 13 on uh, ron tomatoes 13 <laughs> percent so that's both fair that as you will i don't know what else i can say about this horrible horrible movie um yeah nope Oof. No. Wow. Uh, does anybody <laughs> else have anything? Yeah. So, okay. Um, well, you kind of summed it all up. I mean, like, it doesn't really have anything to do with the game. It's even set in the wrong city. It's got this weird, like, future thing. Like, I, I think this is, yeah. I mean, they sometimes when they don't know what to do with a property, like this was the same with mm-hmm. comic book movies too, right? They would over they would overdo it, right? Like, they would try yeah. to come up with something to make it exciting. And it's like... I don't know, like movie by committee, I guess. Like, I don't even know. I, yeah. Uh, and it, that it, committee was all the producers behind it and that who uh, focus tested the hell out of everything. Right. Unfortunately, this, uh, this is going to, I'm going to leave you with my last little bit of trivia on this movie. This movie is written by one of my favorite writers of all time. <gasps> oh, this movie is written by Paul Dini who created Batman, the animated series. Oh my God. <laughs> oh. 
So wow. But, well, but here's the thing, though. I mean, like, and that's the thing. Like the you never know. They might have changed the, it. Well, and the writing itself. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the writing from Batman the Animated Series, it's great because it's a cartoon, and it's a cartoon that's not trying to take itself seriously. Hmm. But if you were sure. to try to get live actors to read any of those scripts from that animated series, it would be as laughable as this movie. Well, mm. this this like, movie's setting is really all over the place, though. Yeah. Like it's like salad. I mean, it, there's well, I thought, <laughs> so, I, so I, many distractions. I think part of it too is, I mean, it was at least with the setting, it's that if you if you don't set it in uh, a contemporary area, you can do whatever you want with it. You don't have, like if you say it's in New York, you have to shoot it in New York, and you have to include New York. New York, you shoot in LA, Chicago, all that. It's like, it's New Angeles. You can shoot it on a soundstage for, for like a third of the price and well, not see, have to make it look right. It can just look like yeah, whatever but that, But see, I think that's exactly the attitude they had going in. They were just like, yeah, we'll just set it in the future and do whatever. But it's so obvious yeah. that they just did whatever because it's, sure. the setting is more confusing and distracting than anything else, right? Like it doesn't, oh, yeah. it doesn't actually lend anything to the story, which is about... Mm-hmm mystical like you remember how like the movie like the way it opens you think yeah, it's like somewhere set in this ancient time and then it immediately goes into the future right like it's yeah. like a, it's a total fake out which i thought was kind of clever right yeah but then the future setting actually has absolutely no bearing on on the story other than to have people running around in weird costumes yeah so yeah. what i feel like happened was that paul dini wrote an outline of the story and mm. then his writing partner took it because you got to realize that this is 94 he's in the midst of doing batman the animated series like he's mm-hmm. Show running that right so yeah. how much he's you know actually doing on this movie is probably little mm-hmm. yeah yeah true enough fair enough oh wow double dragon well uh i guess <laughs> we'll maybe move on to mine which i i guess uh, is a good follow-up uh so in 1997 after uh, two years after the mortal Kombat movie was a big hit they made mortal Kombat annihilation so I guess uh, if, in case you don't know what Mortal Kombat is, it was a fighting game where, uh, you know, uh, it's just your typical, like, there's some tournament, and you have a whole bunch of interesting characters that show up. Um, now, what's cool about Mortal Kombat is, unlike Double Dragon, it actually has a fairly comprehensive story uh, that's gone on for decades now. And, um, yeah, so they actually have a background for what's happening. And uh, uh, now it's up to its 11th uh, main title. Uh, I checked... There were 24 game releases in its history. Now, some of that is like rebundling of existing games. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's still going. And um, the first Mortal Kombat uh, actually was, a, I think, a modest success uh, because, um, I don't know, it, it kind of it, uh, it did this thing where it thread that needle of taking uh, a video game property that fans would know a lot about and then still was able to tell a story that uh, the general public could uh, basically follow. And... Um, so yeah, so then two years later, they decided to do a uh, a a sequel, and uh, wow, like <laughs> I was so excited because they, you know, okay. So here's the thing. Let me just talk about the first movie again a little bit. <laughs> so the the thing with the first movie is the fight scenes are decently framed uh-huh. in terms of how they're shot, as well as plot wise, like the reasons for why they're fighting. Because you know, I mean, it's 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 just a movie of people fighting. Um, yeah. but, but you still have to have, you know, some kind of rivalry or or setup, you know? So, mm-hmm. so they managed to do that. And then, uh, it, they didn't try to do too much with what their, their budget was, which was uh, 18 million. And, uh, I think the only thing that's aged poorly is the, is the reptile computer animation. Cause he looks like some sort of weird, like, 
you know, first year project by today's standards, not even first year. Okay. Like mm-hmm. high school. Right. Uh, so he looks really goofy, but they had all these like cool, like, uh, uh, gel lighting, uh, just to create this outer worldly, you know, sort of thing. And then they filmed like sort of, you know, in Asian environments and I don't know, like it, it just, it had a kind of a good feel. It was fun. It was quick. Uh, and a soundtrack that everybody bought. Um, so it's a worthy time capsule of, uh, of the nineties. I think. Um, and all of that went out the window with the second film. Um, okay. So, uh, I don't know. Did I explain the video game enough? I I don't know if I want to go into it too much. I I think everyone listening is is fairly familiar with Mortal Kombat. Yeah. We've also talked about Mortal Kombat in the past, right? Sure. Sure. I I believe we talked about it on the, the counterpoint episode. Yeah, this. because I think I chose Mortal Kombat yeah. as one of the best video game movies. Yeah. Um, and so for this one, it just went like, and the sad part is it actually had a budget of $30 million. So it was even higher uh, than, than the first one. So I think the first thing right away is uh, three of the main character actors uh, were replaced with inferior uh, copies. One of them gets killed uh, on screen right away. And uh, the green screen is just amazing. Like it is, <laughs> it is so like brutal. Like you go like, was that on purpose? You know, because the backgrounds are all like, like really fuzzy, you know, and I, I maybe it was a stylistic choice. Um, and I guess, yeah, I have to mention the story. I guess what they were trying to do was they had to, uh, you know, uh, take elements from the game. But in this respect, they didn't even succeed uh, with that because it just gets so confusing mm-hmm. and they just, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, I, I don't even know how to describe this. Sorry. I was thinking about this all week and it, it's really like they, they knew they had a hit and then they rushed out this movie and it's the mm-hmm. visuals, but the fights aren't good. The story is all over the place because they just were trying to force characters in. So the situations that characters show up in don't make any sense. Like there's this totally contrived thing where there's a character called Nightwolf who, you know, by today's standards <laughs> is a little bit dated. Okay. Let's, let's be fair. He's a native yeah. American, you know, he's playing the, that stereotypical mystic wise native oh. American character. He oh. only shows up in the movie to like, well, everybody speaks like in a way that's utterly vague. Right. And yeah. it's always talking down to the main character. Uh, played by Robin show, uh, poor guy. And, um, <laughs> yeah, he basically throws a hatchet at him and then leaves the movie. And it's, it's just, it doesn't, uh, okay. Doesn't so he actually, tell, doesn't he teach him how to unlock his, his bestiality? animality, not animality. bestiality, animality. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Animality. And, and, and I guess, I mean, just skipping along, I mean, uh, the thing that, that really kills the movie, other than the fact that it's all over the place and none of the fights matter. And it's, it's just you don't care. Um, is it ends with the two uh, main characters, the villain and the hero, turning into uh, CG, and that looks awful. And it's like yeah. if there's any way to kill the momentum of a movie is have them have people fighting as humans for an entire film, and then at the end switch them to cartoons. Like, uh, they're <laughs> so badly. It looked worse than, uh, yeah. than reptile in the first movie. Yeah, it, yeah, it did. It, it just had this strange lighting where I guess they were trying to be dramatic and they were having like, like you know, I guess sort of lightning in the background, so they had this weird like white sheen yeah. to them, but they looked really plastic. This, yeah. this the, the ending of this movie remind me of the ending of Spawn. You remember that movie? Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, also horrible ba- CG ending. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the CG worked, but yeah, we should no do a ending. bad comic book movie episode oh, sounds like a plan <laughs> yeah yeah so uh 
I, I don't know. Like poor Robin show though. I mean, you know, for sure. Like he, they, they brought this guy in uh, to do um, the first Mortal Kombat and yeah. you know, his English wasn't so good, but you know what? He carried it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and the film, you know, was simple enough that you got the, you got the plot, you know, he's there to avenge his brother, you know, and it, it all worked, you know, and he, and he sold it, you know, and in the second movie, he just looks confused. Like he's literally yeah. being talked down to by every single person he runs into. Everyone keeps telling me, you need to learn this. You need to learn that. And then at the end, he turns into a cartoon. Yeah. And then after that, I mean, oh, okay. What happened to him? Like he ended up like, he was he's actually, in, go ahead. He was in Beverly Hills Ninja. So <laughs> that's right. He was wonderful in that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he ended up in, um, this is a bit of a tangent, but I, I, you know, there was a lot of these fighting game movies and I don't know why they kept making them, but he was actually in, um, DOA as yep. well. Mm-hmm. as like a pirate. A pirate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was also in the legend of Chung Lee. <sighs> mm-hmm. Yes, he is. Gen, right. Yeah. Yeah. He was mm-hmm. getting, yeah. He was all right in that movie, actually. Yeah, he's one of the better elements. He's the more believable element, right? You actually yeah, believe yeah. he's a kung fu master, whereas not Chun Li so much. Uh, Kristen Kruik? Kruik. Kruik? Yeah. 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 Uh, wow. Okay, I'm sorry. I kind of talked like right through all that. I mean, uh, and does anybody have any thoughts on Annihilation? Oh, oh, I do. I do. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, here comes his oh. list. I didn't hear it. Mother. You're alive. Too bad you will die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the line delivery in this movie and the and the words. Okay, like this is what I wrote down, you know, because I was taking notes. Um Total, totally brutal word stuff. Like I couldn't even write like bad script. Like <laughs> I didn't stuff. have a way to no. even describe. Like, and the delivery and you know. Okay, look, um, Double Dragon is just a bizarre movie. Mm. Mortal Kombat and Annihilation is genuinely perplexing. I mean, yeah. if you're drunk, you actually probably will enjoy it because the line delivery is just like, what is happening? Yeah. You know, it's like the room yeah. of fighting game movies. It, that, it's not just it. Like the, the delivery, like the dialogue itself is not great, but the dialogue <laughs> in the first movie was not great. Mm-hmm. True. True. But it's, it feels like they got people to act in this movie that could not read English. And it's like a bad lip dub. <laughs> Yeah, the entire yeah, film, including the actors that were in the first movie that could speak English. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, like, what's it, sad? Yeah, is that they've rushed this movie out so yeah. fast mm-hmm. that they're just like, you know what? We need this out now so we can get more money. Whereas they yeah. could have waited a year. They could have yeah. got Christopher Lambert back. At least they would have added some of the campiness that he yeah. to the first film and the, made yeah. sort of charming. The purposeful that's, campiness. Well, that's yeah. because, like, the first movie didn't take itself too seriously because it knew right. what it was. The second movie, it felt like they were trying to be so serious with it, and everyone's yeah. like, "But no, because CGI dragon." <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah, it's definitely it, they definitely rushed it. I mean, it, it just it doesn't make any sense. Uh, there's no there's no coherent plot. People are just yeah. dying left, right, and center because they're too many people. Like that was yeah. the thing. Like Mortal Kombat one, they. <laughs> They very elegantly, because with fighting games, there's so many characters, everyone has a favorite. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you mix them all together, right? Yeah. And they very elegantly, with a couple lines here and there, kind of like snuck in reasons why they're all there, right? Yeah. And not not trying to kill all each other, you know, out of order, right? Yeah. <laughs> For the purpose. This movie was just, yeah, they just they're just 
jamming these characters in and they literally fall into like your your your, your stereotypical pits of fire like i mean yeah. one guy literally yeah. falls into a pit of fire and you, you see the flames like as if it was austin powers Ooh. or something <laughs> <laughs> then my, I, I will yeah. admit that the one thing i enjoyed about this movie the one the uh-huh. one thing i enjoyed was that they brought in the plot line about sub-zero's younger brother yeah, um, like coming in. You sure, it's a good guy, Sub Zero. I don't know. I like. I yeah. always like that idea in the game, so it was nice mm-hmm. to see that in the. Yeah, that's actually like a really important uh, plot element of the games. And I mean, the one thing that is correct in this game compared to the, uh, I mean, the movie uh, compared to the games is that, yes, this movie is an immediate sequel to the first film. It it literally opens uh, where the last one ended, uh, except with, you know, three new actors. And then, um, and then like a a crappy Halloween store version of Shao Kahn shows up instead of the one that was at the end of the last movie. And, um, yeah, the the basic plot is somehow he's like resurrected his wife, but in the video game they explain it better. He yeah. resurrected his dead wife, but on the plane of Earth, and then through some you know weird royal lineage, that meant that when she came back to life, he also got to claim Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't really explain that in this movie. <laughs> no, well, it's confusing so, in the game. It's so. confusing in the game, yeah, mm-hmm. to begin with. Um, and then they added a whole bunch of like weird, like oh, they've got like like demigod tattoos and I okay. nonsense unnecessary nonsense. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I, you know, I'm kind of done. Like it's just, it, <laughs> it's, it's really like, I, I, I don't even know what to say. I was trying to figure out, I had all these things. Okay. You know what? I'm just going to end on this. If someone else wants to throw something else yeah. out. Cool. The poster, it's tagline was destroy all expectations. <laughs> there has not been a poster that was more honest than this. Yeah. Um, uh, Kill the past. Every episode, the TLJ poke <laughs> um, necessary for every episode. What I thought was funny. Um, another thing was that the, the soundtrack was so iconic for the first film. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And this one, it was just generic techno. Yeah. Like there was nothing, nothing good. No. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to, yeah, I was going to go off the comment where you said they rushed it. And yeah, even with the music, it just, yeah, yeah it's very uninspired. It was the kind of movie that would have been passable as like a straight to DVD release. Yeah. But maybe. pushing it out for a ma- and like they put a lot of money behind pushing that in theaters. I remember they were like, yeah. Mortal Kombat 2, Mortal Kombat 2. Everyone's like, well, the first one was pretty awesome. This one's going to be great. Yeah. And it just turned yeah. into a wet popcorn fart of a movie that everyone's <laughs> like, why? Yeah. No, they proved they could do it with the first one. And it was just it like. You know, the first movie, okay, you know, it's not a good movie, but it did, it knew what it was and it did it did what it did well. So I, I find it thoroughly entertaining. I like and it then too. yeah, but the but the second one is like I don't know that there's been many films that have gone like like well, other than maybe Highlander, you know, where you just go like, <laughs> What is happening? you know, like from the first to the second. Now they're in space. My, yeah. my friends took me to the first one, not based purely on the fact that Christopher Lambert was uh starring. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> That's a weird reason, but hey, uh, not not a bad reason. <laughs> Another small trivia bit about Mortal Kombat and Annihilation is that this was the first film for Ray Park. Yes, I was yep. going to add that. I forgot. Yes, yes. I don't know, Eric, since you're the expert. My my, my, my Star Wars. Yeah, your Star Wars. Um, yeah, <laughs> he was the stunt double for Raiden, and you can tell mm-hmm. when Raiden is fighting that they he does not look like James Remar. 
Yeah. 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 There's a lot of flipping. A lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot He's of also way more wheels. toned than yeah. James Remar. Yeah. James Remar. I mean, they shouldn't have put him in a vest. Like, what was with that getup? <laughs> no. It's got this weird sting haircut going well, on. Like, I don't know what. <laughs> well, you, if you've got a haircut like that, a lot, obviously you'd have to wear a vest and white pants. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, the good news is uh they're making another mortal combat soon and um it's just gonna retcon all of this there was gonna be a three and then that annihilation yeah, yeah. killed that yeah but uh but yeah we'll see what happens with the new uh new mortal combat coming up the cast looks amazing yes so. oh, yeah yeah yeah, it could be really good. And I mean, since then, you know, the video games have kept going and they've developed the story in really interesting ways. So I'm, re- I'm really curious, uh, you know, what they do with the new movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two, years. Right. Two years. Yep. Really yeah. soon. Really soon. So, uh, okay. Well, I'm pooped. Uh, <laughs> that, um, since you uh, gifted me with that great quote, uh, what, what movie, uh, what, uh, what game did you choose? I have another gift for you. I decided <laughs> to cover 2005's Alone in the Dark. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're opening up the whole nest with this one, yes. I was, wait, wait, before you start, I was actually watching this the other night, and I was supposed to play Destiny with Hawk, and I was just like, I can't play this. I can't play tonight. <laughs> this game is yeah. just, this movie is just, this movie yeah. it's it's just, it, it, it anything anymore. your will to live watching really this film did. um it was based so on, the game the game yeah, yeah the game was based on the alone in the dark franchise which started in 1992 um uh, it is actually holds a the singular guinness record for the first 3d uh horror game hmm. ever created interesting um and its influence is, it can be seen, you know, in like the Resident Evil series, Silent Hill. All those movies took its cue from Alone in the Dark. Uh, whereas, you know, as the, the first person, you know, three quarter perspective, you enter the room, there's um, single player, very atmospheric, very creepy. It was actually originally based off the works of H.P. Lovecraft. That they drew their inspiration for the, yeah. the concept from that and went from there. The game had several sequels, some were great, some were not. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. but it's always been a good, strong, solid, steadfast, uh, franchise right. uh, with a big popular following. Cause like I said, it was the, the first of its kind ever. Now, were you also a fan of, of that series or the first game as well? I, I actually came into the game later because I'd started playing resident evil. I got into it with resident evil and then sure. found out about, I then, you know, played that and subsequently with silent Hill. And then I'm like, heard about alone in the dark and I played that and then found out that it came out before. So I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. And mm, nice. actually doing my research for this, I'm like, oh, it was actually the first. Because, I mean, all those games yeah. kind of came out around the same time. Yeah, it was very close. Um, but, yeah, so I, I've always been a big fan. I'm a big fan of the, the atmospheric horror film, like the horror game mm-hmm. where you're solving puzzles and fighting monsters or running away from them, depending on what happens. I dig those games. <laughs> they are my, my personal favorite go-to games. Now, I've actually kind of forgotten because I think I played the first one, but I never played any of the other ones. So what's the very, very loose plot of the first game? Uh, the basic loose plot, and this is sort of runs through the whole thing, is that you are, you're playing uh, a paranormal private investigator named Edward Carnaby, uh, okay. who's basically ta- he's tasked with finding various things depending on the scenario. It's like, you know, it's investigate this thing, and he goes in and finds all these supernatural tie-ins and fights bad, you know, finds the ultimate evil, fights it, defeats it, overcomes, etc., so on and so forth. It's rather formulaic that way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the game really, the game series always made a point of really focusing on Carnby as like the central figure. 
and then the aspects of his life and the story and how it all ties together. So it's been very much a, a character focused game. Yeah. Right. The okay. first one was the haunted house, right? Yeah. The first yeah. one was the house. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Which is nice. where you get a lot of the shades from resident evil where, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. a lot of the dark dealt with ghosts, this one, then resident evil dealt with zombies, but similar right. mechanics, similar concept. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Neat. Uh, and then we get to 2005. <laughs> when the the movie was released it was january 2005 it was uh directed and co-produced by ua bowl yes who will we'll deep dive onto him in a little bit oh, um, so much so much yeah. it was released with a 20 million dollar budget in its entire this entirety span of the film up to i believe 2000 or 2016 when they did the final metrics it has made 10.4 million dollars uh, i'm surprised that from 2005 it, to 2016 i'm still surprised <laughs> i know yeah, yeah. Um, it holds the distinct honor of having one percent on rotten tomatoes <laughs> yeah it yeah. is widely considered to be one of the worst films ever made uh nope. the film stars christian slater as Edward Carnby, the titular character, uh, Tara Reed as his archaeologist girlfriend, <laughs> and Stephen Dorff, and Stephen Dorff, who was coming off uh, Blade as Carnby's uh, Carnby, the supervisor of uh, the organization that Carnby used to work for, um, and and his former underling of his who took over after he left. Um, I would wow. love to tell you what this movie is about. <laughs> <laughs> But even reading the Wikipedia synopsis, I have no idea what this movie is about. The movie's about 90 minutes long. That's what it's about. Was it only 90 <laughs> minutes long? I think so. Oh it's, uh, it's a little less than 90. There was a blue, when they released it on Blu-ray a few years ago, they did an, an unrated director's cut. Awesome. Which was an hour and 45 minutes long. And I actually watched some of the clips from that. And it's actually better than the theatrical release because they extend scenes where it's like, oh, what you're saying has a purpose and it alludes to stuff that happens later in the movie. But I guess you wanted to cut it out because you, and you actually, there's a lot of controversy about that. You, we bowl. Um, originally I'll, I have to look this up cause I didn't write it down cause I'm an idiot. Um, let me find, there it is. Alternate so the, the version I watched this week, yeah. the hour 40 minute version. Yes. Okay. So, so that's the director's, let, let, the director's cut. I guess, so I saw the director's cut. Yeah. And I still don't know what happened. Yeah. Like I uh, sat there watching it and I was like, things have changed. And now they're yeah. what? And then this thing happened. And you're like, okay. You're like, okay, yeah. cool. And now they're fighting something. Okay. I guess this yeah. person is bad. Okay. It's done. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> there was an original script treatment by uh, Blair Erickson. Mm. Uh, he had done an original treatment on it. Uh, he was the original writer and he had submitted the script and it had been greenlit. And then Yui Ball brought uh, both himself and some other of his uh, associates in and rewrote the script because he wanted to have it more action-based and less um, creepy, boring, horror-based because he didn't think that was going to be marketable. So he wanted to have it more of like an action-packed film, uh, which then resulted in the atrocity that was presented on screen to us. Wow. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Now, that being said, Yui Bowl is a, a director <laughs> of some infamy. Uh, he's, he's known very, very famously for directing a lot of video game to film uh, projects. Yes. 
Um, none of them particularly very good. Mm. Mm. Uh, I mean, some of them are slightly better than others, but only slightly. <laughs> um, but he was uh, the director of this. He was also one of, like I said, was one of the co-producers along with Wolfgang Harold. Okay. Uh, yes. Who is actually a, a relatively renowned uh, German producer. Right. Also responsible for introducing the, uh, the DAN sound system. Oh, okay. He created that. That's how right. he kind of got his money to produce films. Yeah. Uh, and it was also produced by Sean Williamson, who is the head of uh, Bright Light Productions. Okay, yeah. The Canadian company. Oh. Bright no. Light Productions. And this is where we're going to deep dive a little bit. Is responsible <laughs> for such films as House of the Dead, which was another U.A. Bull film. <laughs> I saw that in theaters. Oh. Uh, the, the Blood Rain series, which was an U.A. Bull film. In, uh. Uh, in the Name of the King, which was a U.A. Bull film. Um, but, <laughs> oh, and the, the crowning gem, which is where it really got started, was the 2006 adaptation of The Wicker Man. Oh, oh the, no. beast, the Beast! Really? Oh, the Beast! No. The Nick Cage movie. Ah, they're in my eyes. Oh, yeah. Oh. Which, and once you know that, oh, that's the guy that produced it. That movie makes a whole lot more sense now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the only funny part is, Bright Light was also responsible for the cinematic release of the movie Horns, starring Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, I like that movie. Okay. Right. movie. Uh, it it was the sole production company responsible for James Gunn's Slither. Oh, okay. Uh, and the Netflix series Haters Back Off, which oh. I don't know if anyone here has watched. So yeah. So he is capable of putting out quality product, but he I'm also so really loves, he really likes Yui Bull and thinks he's one of the best filmmakers ever. So <laughs> his judgment is somewhat questionable. But I mean, if you look at all of those things, and he's, there's countless other movies I didn't want to go into the list. Feel free to look. You can look up Bright Light Productions on Wikipedia. It lists off everything they've done. Some of it is very good. Some of it is very questionable. That um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to now. I mean, it it, it does sound like they, they have a collection. Uh, he is a close associate of Yui Bowl and has produced, I think, almost all, if not all, of the the films that Yui Bowl has been responsible for. Right, but I mean that is lar- okay. But that German element is important, right? I mean, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, Wolfgang, Wolfgang Harold was was the 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 big financier behind this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, which you know, to his no, credit, no. But I was referring to the, the, the tax write-off that they were using to like fund all these movies. Oh, right? absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, so if people don't know, uh, one of the reasons why Ubi Bowl was so prolific was not only that he had this, this backer who, who loved him, but uh, <laughs> there was this, uh, this weird like uh, German law at the time. Now it's gone now, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. But they took advantage of it for like a solid 10 years. I'm going to have to read this because I couldn't even understand it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, here it is. Uh, Okay, so you could write off uh, the entire amount that you invested into the production of a film, which meant that, you know, as far as your taxes are concerned, if you put in like, you know, uh, you know, a million dollars, you could write off a million. And so there was this almost like producers like quality to it where like, if the film failed, they didn't care, because they were still going to get some benefit down the road. If the movie made anything at all, beyond its <laughs> basic production value at that point, And only at that point would taxes be triggered. Yeah. So it's just, huh. just crazy. So, anyway, so it's, Go ahead. Well, and that's funny that you mentioned that because it creates almost a, uh, a Bialystok and bloom 
paradox <laughs> for those that are familiar with the movie The Producers, where it's actually you're more inclined to make you'll make more money from a flop than with a hit. If mm-hmm. the movie tanks, you you get that you can then write off what you spent on it and get that back in your taxes. Yeah, so, and also in Germany, you were allowed to like borrow uh, for that money too. So you borrow money. Uh, uh, have the movie fail and then write off the amount that you borrowed. Yeah, it, it is. It's just crazy. Yeah. It's just utterly Which, crazy. Knowing all that and knowing the the canon of Yui Bowl, it makes <laughs> a lot more sense now. Did did that law so end sinister. in twenty seventeen? Because that was the last time we made a movie. No, no, no. It actually ended uh, in two thousand five. So I don't really oh. know what he's been doing yeah. for funding since then. But up mm-hmm. until then, that explains right. why there was like like um, how many movies before then that. Oh, yeah. he's, he's done um, 53 in, total oh my god after that well i think 2005 because i think this was alone in dark i think was either the first or second film that bright light produced oh the canadian okay that's where so the canadian I, side that, oh, the law's going away let's get the canadian like we'll get the canadian guys to do it it'll be great yeah. he loves yeah this. and then they were taking it probably taking advantage of the canadian uh uh tax uh, uh system yeah. because here right if the percentage yeah. of the cast or whatever they can write off a certain amount yeah here. that's why they filmed it here too so yeah right. all, a lot of those movies were filmed up in bc, BC. because it was cheaper yeah. oh man these guys yeah. The, um, so Bright Light Pictures also produced Colossal. I don't know if you guys have seen that uh, Anne Hathaway monster movie. Yeah. Oh, I saw the ads yeah. for that. Yeah. 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 No. So it's a wonderful film. I'm very confused by this this company. Hmm. Well, no. If if you look at like even the 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 positives I list off, Bright Light is very much focused on very campy, mm-hmm. silly, strange films. Mm-hmm. It all comes down to who's helming that film. Sure. Because I mean, like Slither is a really, it's a ridiculous yeah. horror film. But yeah. James Gunn is a phenomenal writer and director. So it yeah, comes out. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Yui Bowl is the Klaus von Bugelow of film. And subsequently, <laughs> we get that. He tried, nice. to, Yui Bowl <laughs> tried to kill his wife with insulin. Well, he tried Wait, to kill what? most of these films. Didn't he do like a boxing thing? Yeah. Oh, he's he tried to fight of all of the his, his the critics. Uh, critics. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he yeah. challenged all his critics to a boxing match and then balked on it because he oh, didn't want to fight. No, he, he, no, he, he actually it. did beat some of them up, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, because it turned into a fight, not a boxing match. It was actually a fight. <laughs> yeah, no, he trained and he, he's a big yeah. guy. And yeah, I think he did pound some of them. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, Good uh, for him, I guess. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this and come after me, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Maybe we'll get some of that German money. I'm I, young and kind of still spry, so I could probably outrun him. It's, that's um, true. I'm going to be running down a list uh, at the end of, you know, various movies. So we'll probably come across a few more of his, which we can comment on. Oh, but uh, I mean, uh, in terms of, okay, so here's my question. Uh, in terms of uh, its relationship, okay, obviously, you know, you and Eric watched it and didn't understand what was going on. Oh, yeah. by the way, so 1% on uh, Rotten, 1% Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation is 2% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, but uh, what does this movie have anything to do with the video game, other than um, having the, the character have the same name? The character has the same name. That is really the only... <laughs> there, are s- there are there some, are some illusions. They so, do allude a bit. Yeah, so like Tara Reid's character, and like they, they talk about events that happened in the games. Yeah. Okay. Briefly. This, uh, yeah, okay. The, uh, but that's the movie it. itself originally was intended to be a kind of cinematic sequel to Alone in the Dark three or four, I believe. Okay. It was a, a sequel, a, a half sequel to four. Okay. Uh, because they were going to release Atari, which is the company, the parent company that owns it, was planning to release Alone in the Dark five 
to oh. tie in with the movie, and they had actually taken uh, photo captures of Christian Slater to put as an overlay. Oh, character. and and they took oh, uh, some of the creatures from the game and put it in the yeah. movie. So oh, they're going to have it wow. tie this be the movie be kind of the prequel to the fifth game, right? And then Atari saw the response to the movie scrapped the release of the game on oh entirely. Wow. <laughs> and then wow. Was, and then they basically reworked the whole thing and then it was re-released in uh 2008. Yeah, and that game is like a shadow of what it was going to be. Yeah, it's, not even in that game. Yeah. Wow. They just basically, they basically like abandoned the whole concept like we're going to just reset everything. So yeah. the movie tanked the video game franchise. Yeah, yeah, it directly killed it, the game. It made them seriously rethink what they were going to do with it because of how, of how badly the movie was received. But even saying that, they still made a sequel to the movie. Of course. Yep. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. 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 Well, that's depressing. What happened, so, yeah. to, what happened to Alone in the Dark after that, though, as a series? Like, did uh, they ever been, come back uh, to it? or Two or three games since then, I believe. Okay, uh, all right. There, yeah. there's um there well, was, no, there was there's the there 2008 and then in 2015 they had this sort of horror game that came out but that was it yeah for alone in the Dark. it basically did kind of bury the franchise yeah. pretty <laughs> successfully. it, it oh was a sh- the, the last game was a shooter it was an yeah. fps so what? it's not even anything that yeah. all right well i it. guess that's one thing i can be thankful for with mortal Kombat. i mean it, it at least yeah. it didn't kill the series yeah. <laughs> so paul ws anderson who directed mortal Kombat one yes and robin chow did a they did a, like a retrospective of the first film yeah, yeah. Did this whole commentary over the first film and they talked about how much they hated the second film. <laughs> <laughs> and and how much like paul Dem- it's one of his biggest um regrets not doing the second film because he wanted to do what did he want to do at the time? I can't oh. remember. Some other well, he was involved with so many things, like I mean, well, I was, I was, Resident was, Evil, yeah. and um, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. I think he was working on Resident Evil. Yeah, I think time. it was years before that. Um, mm-hmm. I got to check it out. But uh, Event Horizon. Um, it might have been Event Horizon. Yeah, um, Love but Event Horizon. It, it, it made him stick with Resident Evil all the way through. Like he never wants to abandon a franchise ever again. If he wow, stopped. okay. Uh, I just remember another Robin show role. He was in uh, Death Race, uh, the yes. first one. Yeah, I mean the first yes. remake. <laughs> Wasn't yeah. he like something numbers? Yeah, he was like 14k. I think that was his yeah, name yeah, as, yeah, as a yeah. card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. token <laughs> Asian, oh. but awesome. Anyway, wow. yeah. these last two movies have made me very sad because yeah, I like sorry. both of these game franchises. I, I, I didn't. I didn't mean to bring the tone down, but I had to. I had to deep dive in, in the Yui Bowl pool, and it was either this or House of the Dead, and I couldn't make myself watch that movie. <laughs> I again. guess it could have been worse. Could have been in the name of the king too, or Postal. Oh. Postal. Oh, God. Oh. Anywho, Hawkeye. Okay, so Hawk, <laughs> save us. Save us. Oh, I wish I could, but... Uh, <laughs> so I was uh, kind of racking my brain to think of a, a good move, a good bad movie to focus on. And I, I was originally going to do Hitman and that, and I thought, that's not really a worst of that. Like, worst, worst of. That movie was just all right. It yeah. was just all yeah, right, it all but right. it made some money in that, and it started, like, you know, kind of a promising you know, Hollywood guy and that. So anyways, I decided to, you know, scour the lists a bit and that. And I was surprised to find that there was a film adaptation of Tekken (laughs) that was made back in 2010. (laughs) So I decided to investigate this a little further. I thought this might be a good one. I remember Tekken back from, you know, the original PlayStation days and that. Um, Yeah. You know, I couldn't remember much about the story and that, but what I always... (laughs) We were just talking about that. Yeah. 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 
what I always remembered about Tekken is that, like, you know, it was uh, this great game that kind of tra- helped you in transitioning into adulthood and that. Because it, it was this game that you could have people over who didn't really play console games and that. And, you know, you yeah. could have a, you know, a few hours of fun with them and that. Yeah. Um, it was bright and it was gorgeous. And, you know, there was a great competitive spirit about it and that, you know. So, uh, yeah, I was very surprised to find that there was a movie uh, made in 2010. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, you know, with, with Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, you have these established countries or worlds and, and these people on these quests. But I honestly, I don't remember anything about Tekken except for the crazy hairdos and, uh, and eyebrows, you know? And like, panda. The yeah, panda. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, there's animal panda. people. Yeah. yeah. Well, there is, there is kind of a central story to it. In that, um, Apparently, yeah. the first game is centered around a martial arts tournament, which is sort of like the movie, with a large personal prize money to the fighter who can defeat Mishima in the final round of the competition. Right. Sure. Sponsored by a giant financial group, the Mishima Zaibatsu. Oh, so that is, that is actually part of the plot. Wow. Oh. Okay. Oh, new. Huh. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's already one up on uh, on Double Dragon. So, yeah. <laughs> and Alone in the Dark. <laughs> so it needs to get one more detail correct, and it surpasses uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> I was just looking at Rotten Tomatoes, and there's actually no like, there's no critical to, to, tomato uh, rating because there's not enough critics. Not yeah. enough. Yeah, it's, so it's only thirty one percent audience score. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like all of ours combined, like it, it defeats. Yeah. yeah, it's basically sitting at zero. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see. Okay, so audience score was thirty one. Let's see what the audience score was for our three movie. Oh, uh, mine's okay. like thirty something. Yeah, twenty six for Double Dragon. Oh yeah. damn! So it's that's pretty good. Yeah, it's admirable. Yeah. <laughs> Alone in the Dark is eleven percent audience score. Oh, Boom. oh, brutal. Okay, now it's loading. <laughs> and Mortal Kombat Annihilation is twenty five percent audience score. Wow. <laughs> yes. Yes. Second place. <laughs> <laughs> you have good taste, Eric. Uh, Thank you. Man. Yeah. So, yeah. so Hawk, yours is the yours has the best audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, followed by me. 30, the thirty-one percent. Yeah, thirty-one. Yeah, uh, that was the audience score, right? Yeah, there's no critical score because not enough critics actually watched it. There was uh, apparently Dragon, Double Dragon actually technically holds a critic score of zero yeah. percent based on five critic reviews. Oh yeah. no. Yeah. 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 So uh, like, it's kind of fitting that you know we get to the end of the list. This has. This beat out all yours on uh, yeah. an actual. But, is, but, it, but is it really worse than like the ones we've been talking yeah. about? I mean, well, we were you were talking about the central plot line and that, and yeah, they actually did kind of get a, technically close to it, and that it follows the, mm-hmm. the multi generational story of the Mishima uh, family, and that. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, just look up the names because I'm really bad with names. Well, you have to be like a Tekken pro to remember all the oh, crazy yeah. characters in that game. Um, I will say, though, uh, if anyone is a, a Tekken fan and was unaware that they were movies, there is a, uh, an anime uh, which has one of the most baffling English uh, dubs in history. Um, wow. Like, you won't believe the intro to that. Just see if you can find just the intro because it's, it's just like Zen gobbledygook. And then as a reaction to the film that, that Hawk's about to talk about, they did a CG version, which is actually quite entertaining. But yes, the live action. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, follows the Mishima clan that uh, Hahachi, who's the father, I'm going by technically just the movie here. Hahachi, sure. who's the 
father in that, and is probably the most recognizable individual in that from the the series and that because of the hairdo and the eyebrows. Yeah. And then the eyebrows. Don't forget the eyebrows. That's that. a family trait. So yeah. uh, <laughs> it, it follows him, his son uh, Kazuya. Uh, is that right? Hold on. Played by this guy Ian Anthony Dale and uh, Jin uh, Kazama. Jin. In that yeah. Yes. He's part of the th- yeah. You find out he's part of the family later on. Um, Spoilers, so I, I know, right? <laughs> zero zero score. Okay, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, zero score. That. Uh, and uh, believe Eric, you mentioned something about the the tech internet being sponsored by a corporation back in the video game. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the video game was um, the the first game. The plot was that there was a martial arts tournament, and the large prize money goes to the person who could beat the defeat the last person who was Hey Hachi Mishima who we were talking about earlier. Yeah. And it was sponsored by a financial group called the Mishima Zaibatsu group. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well in the movie they're oh only goodness. known as the Tekken group and that they're one of eight mega corporations that controls basically everything on earth and that now there's no more government it's just these eight corporations that control everything nice and yearly they meet for a tournament in that you know uh, the Iron Fist tournament you know but what is, does the Iron Fist tournament have to do with the state of the world though it's entertainment in that. Okay. I'll get into okay. it a bit later in that, but uh, you know, basically, it's a post-apocalyptic society in that. It's People like are, the Hunger Games, uh, probably worse than that. Yeah, I'd say worse than that. It's you know, eight corporations ruling the world. I don't know what these corporations actually produce or make. <laughs> it doesn't you know? They uh, don't in the movie either. <laughs> uh, you know, protein rations, but that's about it. Uh, you know, protein so rations are people. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's better. Practically. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so we get basically all three members of the, the Mishima family in that in the one. Right. Group, right? Yeah. So, um, different well, from the game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for name dropping. Right. I mean, it's like, well, see, see. Yeah. See, here <laughs> they are. And, that, yeah. and you know, the one guy actually technically looks a bit like them. So uh, let's mm. go from there. Uh, and then what you get is basically one, uh, an hour and a half of. I guess that 2010 uh, need to try and push like MMA and you know WWE sure. fighters into an acting mm-hmm. film. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. true. That's true. The the movie had that look. It definitely had a more of an MMA look as opposed to like you know boxing or you know like what some of the other mm-hmm. movies didn't have anything. But yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, yeah, that's you know the you, they got a bunch of people in that together who you know physically looked like they were fighters and that, yes. and uh, a lot of them were technically very well trained in that in martial arts. So, um, you think that, that the martial arts would be pretty exciting in that, right? Well, one would assume. One would assume in that, yeah. you know, and to a degree they are in that, but there was something very anticlimactic in the whole feel of it, and that you know, you, you know, um, I can't remember how the movie ends, honestly. credits because like okay like the main character I I can't remember his name already Um, Jin Jin Kazama he's got like this convoluted like plot line right where like he's like trying to like fight his way up from like the dregs like is that sort of what's going on or he's he's out to avenge the death of his mother in in his particular style the Kazama style of fighting right right Right. okay yeah so yeah, already we got tension there. <laughs> did, did we talk about who Hihachi Mashima? Oh, that was is portrayed important. by. 
No. Yeah. The actor? Yeah, it's a very, he's a legendary actor. Kerry uh, Hiroyuki Tagawa. No. Yes. And what, why do we know him? From from the good video game fighting movie, Mortal <laughs> Kombat. He is, uh, your soul is mine. Oh, that Shang guy. Sung. Shang Tsung, yes. I yeah. wish he was in the new Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah, but well, whatever. he's in the new Mortal Kombat game. That's the important thing. So yeah, yeah. Well, you know, for such a, for such a kind of important character in the video game series, you know, and you know, obviously, mm-hmm. like kind of a throwback to the you know to Mortal Kombat movie and that deal, which is mm-hmm. you know, he's a little Easter bit. Yeah, he really had nothing to do. You yeah, know, it was a waste. For him. It yeah. really was. Yeah. But mm-hmm. then again, like you look at the kind of people he was, you know, surrounded by in the film and that, and there was no way they were going to convincingly kind of you know, put him in a martial arts tournament. That's true. That's true. At least there was like, yeah, at least the guy who fights at the end actually could fight. Like, I don't know if this actor could have pulled that off. So that's fair. That's fair. Exactly. Which it was a very wasted opportunity in that, you know, but. But he looked fierce and he made the eyebrows work. That's, yeah. that's the main thing. If you're going to be a, you yeah. know. <laughs> in yeah, but he, he was set up as a big bad in that, but I, technically it's halfway through the movie, he's betrayed in that and sort of, yeah, kind of comes to good, you know? Sure. And sure. An honor, and, uh, you know, receives, I guess what he thinks is an honorable death, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he killed, he's killed by he's killed by a jackhammer which are these faceless stormtroopers that. oh that's right yeah. i forgot about that <laughs> I forgot this so movie is so confusing oh it gets worse than that <laughs> uh, I, I believe it was around maybe the halfway point to near the end i realized where i'd seen this plot before they basically ripped off the entire plot of gladiator for the film yeah oh yeah. brutal so, even the ending uh, was basically ripped off from Gladiator, and that uh, Jin, you know, survives the you know the uh, the fury of Brian Fury. Um, does anyone <laughs> recognize? Yeah, does anyone recognize that name from the the franchise? Because no, I, know, I no. think he was a made up character for this one, and that he was just uh, basically some guy who had like a lot of cybernetic upgrades, and that and Jin had to find a way to find his weak point, hmm. uh, which he did. Uh, which incensed uh, Kazaya and that, you know, because like, you know, he had just betrayed his father, taken over the Tekken Corporation and that. And uh, he's I, actually a character. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah. I was going to wow. say like that, that sounds just dumb enough that it could have been in the, in the, in the game. Right. <laughs> Pride Fury. <laughs> Brian oh Fury. Uh, most of the, most of the side characters that they threw in and that were, you know, pretty, um, Lame and unnecessary in that. Um, they had Nina and Anna Williams in it, and that um, simply, <laughs> simply for just to be, you know, uh, for the sex scene with uh, uh, them and Kazaya uh, and that, where he rants about his father while, you know, making love to them. Oh, brutal. <laughs> what a horrible way to incorporate those characters. Oh, yeah. no. I don't know who they were trying to pitch this movie towards in that. It was yeah. 2010. Uh, I kind of got an indication where it was going from the lead-in track and that because it was kind of this like dumb metal pop roach kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which included the lyric, are you going to cry like a bitch? Wow. <laughs> I don't know if this soundtrack would have... Jeez. No, the soundtrack is completely unremarkable. There's nothing in it, you know, that, you know, even comes close to that kind of, uh, you know, iconic, you know, Mortal Kombat, you know, soundtrack. Yeah, you know what? It, it, it sounds like after Mortal Kombat and then the failure of Annihilation, because I know there's quite a few of these fighting game movies, I guess it was just easy to pitch, right? I mean, you go up to people who have money and you go, 
Okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do a movie about a tournament. You know, yeah. have you seen Mortal Kombat? No. Okay. Have you seen that Bruce Lee movie? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's going to be like that, you know, <laughs> except with music, you know. And and uh, that that's pretty much it because nothing really happens in this movie. It's just um, like, no. I don't know. That's what it sounds like. I, I mean, would you say like the movie is worth watching for anything though? Not really. Um, I was going to try and <laughs> wow. find a quote because I was thinking like, yeah, because it always kind of, you know, interests me how much like you know the video game influences a movie in that um but apparently mm-hmm. there was a quote from uh Uh-oh. the director of the tekken video game series uh oh, oh no <laughs> Harada in that, who created the series in that uh quote that hollywood movie is terrible we were not <laughs> a- able to supervise that movie it was a cruel contract i'm not interested in that movie <laughs> 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 wow yeah <laughs> i know uh, it's not even really i haven't really even gotten into like you know the directors and the writers of it and that um for anyone who wants to know the director was a man named dwight h little um he was has kind of a i don't know uh <laughs> his biggest i think his biggest highlights were probably from the 80s and like you know they were not worth that remarkable you know to begin with um okay he directed halloween for the return of michael myers which is actually you know pretty yeah, sure yes yeah. uh then halloween five the revenge of michael myers uh so was he the guy who discovered paul rudd well mm, let's go with no no okay <laughs> uh, let's see moves on marked for death i remember very well yeah yeah moves into uh he did a lot of tv a lot yes. of TV in the 90s and that. I think and now. Yeah, Free Willy 2 kind of killed it for him at the box office. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, uh, I would yeah. kill it for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, pretty good TV career, Ouch. but Tekken was technically one of the last actual movies he, he was in. Um, yeah. Oh, this he, poor guy. Uh, he made murder at sixteen hundred. Remember yes, that horrible did. movie? Oh Lord, With, yeah. Um Wesley Snipes? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. So well, the rest of his IMDB oh. career is kind of diminishing returns in that. So hmm. yeah. Oof. Wow. Oh no, um, no. Um sorry other, about it. Other important trivia. The bud the budget for the film was apparently thirty million dollars. 30. Oh, yeah, 30. It's box office return. <laughs> just over $967,000. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> it had a disastrous debut in, 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 in Japan and then I think Manila and that, despite, you know, the lead actor, John Fu, coming to, you know, try and, you know, boost things up over there. But mm-hmm. uh, the overseas uh, debut was so bad, it never even got a North American release and that went yeah. straight to the video. Wow! Yeah. yeah, the 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 guy who wrote the screenplay, Alan B. McElroy. I was just reading about him and that he he, he wrote yeah. the screenplay for Spawn. Yeah, huh. uh, which was yeah. not a good movie. No, yeah. Uh, but, he yeah. also apparently worked on the six episode TV series. Oh, weird! Yeah, and Tom Steve, McGon. you'll Steve, you'll appreciate this. He wrote uh-huh. a couple of episodes for Star Trek Discovery uh, uh, in the first season. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't need to know stuff like this. Oh, no, 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 no. Second season. 
Well, that doesn't help. I mean, that doesn't help me at this point. I mean, you're, we're going in. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. All right. Is there anything else we can talk about, Tekken? This is so depressing, this whole episode. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. It's you actually wrote a God. good Discovery episode. Anyway, that's <laughs> it. The production company was a little-known uh, independent American film company called uh, Crystal Sky Pictures. Okay. I'm reading wow. her. I'm reading their output and it sounds like another tax haven. Fighting so. <laughs> <laughs> games. That's that's the tax haven right there. Well, the biggest one they had, I guess, was Ghost Rider, uh, the Nicolas Cage movie in that. Uh, oh, okay. Plus, plus its sequel a couple years later in that. But, Ouch. Uh, yep. In that, we got Super Babies. Uh, Baby Geniuses 2. Oh, God. Oh, Brats. Those movies made bank, though. Those Baby yeah. Geniuses movies. Yeah. I guess. Horrible movies. Uh, I guess a little worse towards the end. Uh, there was actually a sequel to Tekken called Tekken 2, uh, <gasps> Kazuya's Revenge, and that released in 2014. Oh, Lord. Really? Limited theatrical release in Asia. Uh, oh, oh, no, I need to track this down. I've missed yeah. this one. Wow. That's, uh, that's one that slipped through. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> I've got a list of all the video game related movies. I feel like we could probably do a whole other episode, so I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't talk too much about these. But do you want me to? Do you want me to just just go down the list real quick so we can throw out comments? So well. Yeah, 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 do yeah it, there's man. some nodding. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, uh, I think they're in a release date, so this should be pretty funny. So, 1993, Super Mario Brothers. Uh, I love that movie. Oh God, Eric, why? I mean, it's about like a. a, a the parallel dimension where dinosaurs evolved into men. Like, what the... God! It, it killed Bob Hoskins' career. Come on. It didn't kill his career. Yes, it did. He, did, it, he did many things afterwards. But it boosted, it boosted John Lucas' It killed Bob Hoskins' credibility and made John Leguizamo viable again. And wow. it gave uh, Dennis Hopper a nice uh, car. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, it, that movie also introduced me to Samantha Mathis, so... No, fair yeah. enough. Plus, Fisher Stevens was funny in it. Yeah. He was funny. <sighs> okay. Um, there, was, and, there was lots of wonderfulness. Wonderfulness of Super Mario Brothers. I, okay, moving on. Moving Dancing on. Goombas. Moving, in oh, my God. No, moving fire. on. 94, uh, Double Dragon and Street Fighter. Oh, yeah. wow. What a winning year that was. Street Fighter was an interesting movie. Yes. It was the last film that Raul Julia yes. had. Yes. Before he passed and yeah. bless his heart. Like you could see in his eyes it was a paycheck. How do you yeah. go from kissing? I need the to pay for this. That? Well, well yeah. to be Medical fair, you, you could tell he was having fun with it. I mean, he's the one highlight of the movie. I mean oh, yeah. he's so camp. Like he does he does the Lambert thing, you know, where like oh, yeah. you just he can't not watch him, you know. <laughs> oh, he, he wasn't taking himself seriously at all in that. And you yeah. could tell he was at least enjoying himself, but it was just yeah. Well, painful. But yeah, I mean, in terms yeah. of juggling all your characters, that that one is. Ugh. All right. That so movie uh, introduced me to Kylie Minogue. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's a that's a fun fun factoid. I think a lot of people yeah wouldn't know that. Yeah, Kylie Minogue is uh, is Cammy, Cammy. in yeah. in that film. Um, she even strikes the pose at the end. Yeah, uh, then uh, 1995 was Mortal Kombat. Uh, then 1997 was Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Lovely, lovely film. Uh, 1999 was Wing Commander. Now, this was what I considered, you know, because like it was actually written and directed by the guy who actually did 
the the Chris Roberts, the Chris Roberts uh, who did the uh, the series, and he did some pretty good cinematics for yeah. his uh, yeah. his uh, filmed uh, Wing Commander three. Yeah. So I don't know what what the heck it, happened. It was like a weird prequel. Yeah, I, I don't think it wasn't what people were expecting. People were expecting Wing Commander. The the movie itself suffered from two things. I mean. People that knew the video game kind of knew what to expect, and when you have it, you know it's Freddie was Freddie Prince Jr. and Matthew Lillard, who were just come, <laughs> I, they were either just coming off of Scooby Doo, or it was still a year or so it, down it, the pipe. Yeah, Scooby Doo was later. It was yeah. later. This, uh, this, this is them their, actually. Yeah, this but is their heart, heartthrob phase. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it was not like when you're expecting like an interstellar action film. Those are not the guys you were expecting from a, for an interstellar action film. No. And that no. plus mixed in with the it was paired unfortunately with the uh, the episode one trailer the teaser it was one of the ones yeah yeah, so yeah I, of, it, it suffered from a lot of negativity because people were buying tickets for it watching the, the teaser and then leaving yeah yeah so that it, happened and that happened when I actually did go to yeah. see the Wing Commander movie there was a guy yeah. who literally bought the ticket and the sign at the front said no refunds because <laughs> people were doing this yeah. and he literally. Watched episode one trailer and then left. He didn't yeah. even want to. He didn't stick around for the movie so, at all. Didn't it, care. The, the fact Incredible. that you people, like people, regardless of circumstances, walking out of the movie in droves, regardless of whether it was a good movie or not, if that's what people look at, I mean, if you're like, yeah, I saw the movie, and like twenty people walked out of it. You're not, no one's going to want to see that movie, regardless <laughs> of how good it may or may not have been. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's a weird. It was movie. all right. Like as a okay. fan of the video game, it was. It's strange. Sort of. Strange. To the sort of like it, they name dropped, and but I don't know. It just it was weird because the the fighters yeah. look like repurposed World War Two shuttles, and they had yeah, all these weird, weird like plots, you know. Anyway, and there was like bullets and stuff instead yeah, of lasers. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's a lot of weird decisions. Yeah, and I wonder uh, how much was that? That was like interference from the. Uh, from yeah, the might, to make you might have to look into this at some point. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe we'll that's watch one. it and actually do this as an episode. Yeah, Wing Commander maybe. is an interesting film. Yeah. I liked it, yeah. sort of, yeah. but it also has a ten percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, so, <laughs> it which is, is better than some of our other films. Yes, yeah. yes. To be fair, uh, then uh, two thousand one was the first Lara Croft Tomb Raider, and um, mm. that uh, that made yes, uh, that made a lot of money. It made more money than most of the movies. Uh, yep. Uh, two hundred and seventy-four million dollars. Um, so Dang. yeah, no, it 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 made more money than all of these movies so far. Mortal Kombat, which was a huge success, only made one hundred and twenty-two million. Um, um, so d- more than doubled that. I mean, Tomb Raider was riding on the popularity of the the popularity and controversy of the video game, and they cast you know two yeah. of the best actresses for the lead role. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was yeah, that, the cast is incredible for that movie, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. really Angelina is. Jolie, Jean Voigt, Ian Glenn, Noah Taylor, Daniel Craig. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that amazing. was one of those. I think that movie cast effectively in spite of itself. Because I mean, and let's be a hundred percent honest here. Most people saw that movie because they wanted to watch Angelina Jolie in cutoff shorts and a tank top running. Yeah, sure, mm-hmm. fair enough. Yep. And yep. they and they knew that they mark. You know, we're doing this movie and starring her, and she was a really really hot commodity at that point in time. Yep. Yep. And no, no, saying, it was the we're perfect doing cast. This movie, which is renowned for that, the fact they had a phenomenal cast meant they were at least smart about the movie and being like, we know that people are going to see it regardless. Let's give them a good movie. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah. 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 No, it's true. It's true. <clears throat> um, 2002 was Resident Evil, the first one of many. 
<laughs> no, I actually quite enjoyed the movie. I thought it was fun. It was all right. yeah. I'm not a big Resident Evil fan because I think, uh, yeah, it, it probably messes a lot of things up. But mm-hmm. the movie mm-hmm. is is quite watchable. You know, um, it's coherent, and yeah. that's important. They, uh, they they took aspects of the game series up to that point and incorporated them into its own unique storyline. And I I can give them credit for that. Like they gave you just enough fan service, but they gave you a, a standalone story. So they yeah. weren't recreating a game; they were making sure. its own thing. But still giving you the shout outs of the care of the, the yeah. creatures that you wanted to see. Yeah. The fan service that they did in that movie was so good though. Like yeah. all the, the traps and all the monsters, yeah. they were well yeah. and like, and like the, it was well designed. Yeah. Oh, they, they did not mess around with that at all. They, okay. knew, they knew what they were making, but they at least tried to make it its own thing. A yeah. friend of mine worked on the CGI for that film. So oh, cool. Yeah, cool. Plus you got to see Hamilton in Toronto. Yeah. So. Little little dabs of Hamilton in Toronto, yeah. Uh twenty uh 2013 was uh, 2003. 2003. Yeah, sorry, 2003. 2003. Yeah. <laughs> 2003. One year after Resident Evil was Lara Croft, uh, Tomb Raider: The Cradle of Life, the, the sequel. Two years after the first one. Wow, they really churned these things out. It, it was wow. really not good. It yeah, wasn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's the that's first one was least watchable. Them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then uh, <laughs> same year was House of the Dead. <laughs> wow. Uh, we already uh, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Man. Let's skip that one. Yeah. Uh, and then 2004, this is when it started, Resident Evil Apocalypse. Uh, 2005, Alone in the Dark. Uh, so I guess yeah. actually technically could have been, yeah, anyway, release dates. Uh, also in 2005 was Doom, which I actually, you know, I like that movie. Okay. Yeah, me I too. think it's a little underrated. but That is the movie that Megan won't let me live down because I took her to see it. Oh, no. Oh, what I took her to a movie. I thought it was going to be fun. Um, she she won't uh, let me live that down. Nope. Or I think one of the you took her to a movie you thought was going to be. Fun. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to introduce her to different things. Uh huh. <laughs> and they were surely different. I mean, you know, you did that. I took Jen to go see the Woman in Black. So like, she does just, not you, like horror movies. No, like, she does not. Why would you do that? I didn't know that until the movie started. I didn't know that about Doom for Megan. <laughs> <sighs> Moving on. <Wow. laughs> 2006 was Blood Rain. Thank goodness oh. neither of you brought anybody to that one. No, that's because no. no one went to it in theaters. <laughs> yes, it only it only made $3 million. Yes. Yeah. Uh, then uh, was also Silent Hill, which was uh, a decent. Silent, yeah, yes. I love that. That was, hey, that was on our best list. Yeah. Uh, then also uh, DOA, Dead or Alive, uh, which I, I think is a I don't guilty mind pleasure. that movie. That's yeah. a guilty pleasure. If it's a silly fun it, movie. Yeah, I mean, Dead or Alive, like a lot of these fighting game movies, has no real plot. But yeah. uh, but this one, you know what? It knows what it is, just like the first Mortal Kombat. Yeah. It's actually very similar to Mortal Kombat in that, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just got some stylish editing and some yeah. uh, some nice they, fighting. That's it. They have the they have the fun uh, wireworks in that movie. Like, yes, like they do really good wireworks. Uh, yeah, movie. actually, the director of it went on to do a lot of stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, sorry, I don't I don't have that info in front of me. That's all right. Okay. So anyway, uh, then Resident Evil Extinction in two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. Then Postal in two thousand seven. Oh, God. Then the first hey. Hitman in two thousand seven. That was all right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't hate it. I uh, thought it was boring. Yeah, yeah. Do we miss the terrible. Final Fantasy movie in like the mid nineties? Yeah, I don't know why it's not listed on here. Yeah, yeah. It's okay, anyway. Uh, yeah, maybe that was two thousand one. Sorry. sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. All right. So then, uh, Uwe Boll is on his uh, on his stretch in the name uh-huh. of the king, a dungeon siege tale, <laughs> the longest yeah. title ever. Two thousand eight, 
Far Cry. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Max yeah. Payne. Does anybody even remember this movie? It's Mark. That movie Martin. was. Oh yeah. It, it was all right. Also, uh, that, that almost made my list. You know, my, yeah. yeah. It was not great. No. no. Yeah. Now this one also almost made my list. Street Fighter: The Legend of Chun Li when they tried yeah. to resurrect it, two thousand nine, and wow, so that bad. is a disaster. So Unnecessary. Right. <laughs> then Tekken, two thousand ten. Uh, now here's one that you'd mentioned, Eric: Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time. Uh, I was so close to pick that one. It was so close. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but that movie is sort of watchable because Jake Gyllenhaal is still charming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it made bank. And the girl was good. Yeah, it made a the lot of money. Funny. It made a lot of money. Was it? A, I feel like it was a touchstone or a Disney. I remember. I think uh, Walt Disney. I yeah, Walt Disney Studios motion pictures. So I'm not sure yeah. what. Division. I assume Buena Vista. Do, yeah, uh, distributed. Yeah, I, I think I, it was Buena I, Vista. I thought yeah. the mouse was behind it. I remembered that. Yeah, 336 million. So it it was successful. Yeah. Uh, and then another Resident Evil uh, Afterlife. Yep. Then another Resident Evil Retribution in in 2012. Mm-hmm. Good then Lord. Silent Hill Revelation in 2012. That was a I've horrible movie. Never seen that. Uh, it was not good. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. Need for Speed 2014. That movie was all right. It had nothing to do with the movie. See, I, I, I but that's the thing. The Need for Speed does it even have a plot? Like. Well, it didn't follow any of the other various games, so it was just yeah, like, hmm, sure. Okay. It was like a corporation doing this um, mm-hmm. big race for money, and I was like, okay, I guess it was. I think it was kind of coming riding the popularity of like the the Fast and the Furious franchise, which yeah, was yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. And so it's like it's a racing movie. Cool, neat. Cool. It had uh, what's his name from Breaking Bad in it, Aaron Paul. Paul. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Sure. I, I guess made, made with the right cast at the time. Wasn't great, wasn't horrible, but it was bankable. So Rami Malik is in it as well. Yes, he is. So. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, 2015 saw Hitman Agent 47. Uh, yeah. And now we're getting close to when we actually remember these ones more. Uh, 2016 was Warcraft. Yeah. <laughs> I like that movie. No, that Did was a good exceptionally one. well. It's actually yeah. probably one of the highest of this category. Go China. Uh, 433 million. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all China money. Uh, Assassin's Creed was also 2016. I like that movie too. Yeah. yeah. It has a weird denouement, but yeah. Had yeah. The ending, the ending is so, yeah, it's weird. Off, it is right? weird yeah. in that. There was so much potential. They had such a great cast, but yeah, it yeah. felt like it ended at the end of the second act. And you're like, oh, wait, like the ending of the movie should have been the second act of that yeah. film. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it had a weird pickup. They might have been keeping it open ended for uh, for future sequels that may yeah, or may not the, have. Well, it was the sequel rickety, just the, yeah. the sequel just died because of Disney's acquisition of um, that company. Yeah, so hmm. there you go. Okay, uh, then uh, 2017, uh, Resident Evil: The Final Chapter. <laughs> I never saw that one. Was it was it passable? I have no it idea. was good. No, it was oh. actually pretty solid. Okay, I'll, I'll it was it. it was like you said with uh, with Paul W S Anderson because he had stayed with the franchise the whole time. You this can consistency. See, mm-hmm. There's consistency, mm-hmm. and you can see plot points that he had been drawing <laughs> from from the previous films because he was the through line through all of them. So it cool. It was it was as good as the rest of the series. Like it's okay. not phenomenal, but it's you can watch those movies and just shut your brain off and enjoy, and that's all I okay. asked for. Cool. And it, ca- it carried its audience with it between films. So, oh yeah, you know, which oh, was yeah. an impressive feat. Well, they all made they all made a fair amount of money. Actually, that last yeah. one made three hundred and twelve million dollars, so it still was a success. So yeah, they went up and down, but they were all over a hundred million. Well, easy. and pretty much, and like the one thing he's done is he stuck very close to the model that he set with the first one. With the first movie was right. every film introduced new characters from the franchise, new monsters from the franchise, but tied them in a way where it didn't feel like they were just thrown in there. Like there was still 
a, a story arc that you cared about and you cared about these characters. So yeah, I give it- I'll have to, I'll have to check out the series. I mean, I really only watched the first one. So, yes. uh, 2018. Oh, yeah. Should we mention Advent Children from 2005? Yeah, no, these this list yeah. completely missed. Uh, yeah, those uh, those. I think, those movies, sure. so, yeah. I think as we're talking about these are all live action versus animated. No, that's the, probably okay, the reason fair, why. Fair, that's fair. probably yeah. the reason why this list. We'll skip it then. Yeah. Uh, 2018 is Tomb Raider. So you know, I like that movie a lot. 274 <laughs> million. So. Sequel. Yeah. No, it did. It did okay. So you know, yeah. I hope. I hope they do make a sequel. Yeah, uh, it is. It's in production. Yeah. And then the last one on the list. Uh, oh no, there's two. Uh, just I'm just amazed by the profits though. Rampage from 2018. Yeah, the movie was all right. <laughs> uh, I honest. haven't seen it, uh, but 428 million dollars. Holy Dear crap! Lord. I, will, I will watch anything with the rock in it. <gasps> so, so, yeah, it's the yeah, yeah, yeah. But luckily, uh, the last one on the list is Detect uh, Pokemon Detective Pikachu with oh, 431 million. Wow, and so uh, good. yeah, oh, and it counts because it actually has real humans in it. So, yeah. Yeah. But they're not the important ones. <laughs> no, no. So it's been quite a run. A uh, couple things coming up. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, which had yes. a pretty, pretty wow. good trailer. Uh, apparently there's a oh. Monster Hunter movie in development. That's weird. Yeah, it's been in development for a little off and on yeah. for the last little while. It's going to be expensive to, for them to make it. They've yeah. already started. They've they started filming it last year. It's uh, directed by Paul ah. W. S. Anderson, I believe. Oh yeah. boy! And it nice. stars Mila Jovovich. Oh, yeah. good. She needs a whole other series, you know, because oh, and Tony Yaw's in it. Nice. Yeah. If good. they don't have the uh, I can't remember the little the little cat companions, uh, I don't even care. <laughs> they probably will. Those are bankable. Oh yeah. Uh, Uncharted, uh, a new Mortal Kombat, Tomb Raider two, uh, Untitled Call of Duty, and an Untitled Gears of War. Oh, um, actually, there's even more stuff. Just a Pikachu two uh, Tetris movie. There's a Tetris movie. Sure, Metal Gear yeah, Solid okay. movie. I mean, some of these, who knows? You know, right? So, I mean, yeah. yeah. Wow, I'm my beat. brain. I'm beat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that was a lot of good and bad, and that was a real roller coaster. Mostly bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of bad. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, let's put it out to the audience. What is your favorite? Uh, best worst video game movie. You know, why do you love it? Why do you hate it? You know, message us, let us know. And, uh, you know, maybe it will inspire us uh, to do another episode where you get to hear us cry uh, about, uh, <laughs> about uh, you know, video games and why we love them and then why we hate the movies. It's going to be about Wing Commander, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's going to be about Wing Commander. And if, you're in con- <laughs> and if you're in contact with UA Bowl, don't tell him to listen to this. I don't want him coming after me. No, no tell him to listen to us. Do it. We need that German money. <laughs> we'll, use that, we'll use that to fund my uh, bail money when I get kicked out of the theater when I watch Cats. Oh, can't wait. Can't coming wait for soon. Cats. Coming, coming soon. soon. <laughs> uh, well, thanks. Uh, thanks. Uh, for having us and um, we will get on that Wing Commander episode right away. (laughs) So uh, good night, everybody. Bye. 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 Well, that's it for us this week on Geeks with Kids. If you want to get a hold of us, you can send us an email at podcast at geekswithkids.ca and don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekswithkids. Follow us on Twitter at geekswithkidscn. Check out our pics on Instagram at geekswithkids. And you can find all of this good stuff on our website at www.geekswithkids.ca. So if you like what you hear, why don't you hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.